Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Well, welcome. This is Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 23-year breast cancer survivor, a certified life coach, and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. And I'm Becky Olson. I'm a three-time 20-year breast cancer survivor, professional speaker, and author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Sharon and I are also the co-founders of Breast Friends. And, you know, today we're going to talk about something that is top of everyone's mind, holiday stress. Oh, boy. And, you know, and I'll tell you, Sharon, I'm not going through chemo right now, but I still feel very sick, so I'm kind of back in tune with that. But imagine going through the normal stressors of getting ready for the holidays. You know, there's so much to do and so many things on our plates. And then imagine adding a cancer battle on top of that. Um, Today, we're going to explore what makes it so tough and share some ideas on how to streamline the festivities. And our guest today is Connie Suing, PhD. Dr. Suing received her doctorate in human development from UC Berkeley and taught at the College of Human Development at Pennsylvania State University. She's also trained as a life coach. Um, she diagnosed herself in 2011. She's a five-year cancer survivor. And after her own bout, it really changed her focus and has concentrated her work on living well and more meaningful, meaningfully <laughs> after cancer. Um, she will be doing some cancer support counseling that we're so looking forward to at our Breast Friends office in the beginning of 2017. So welcome, Dr. Suing. Well, welcome. Thank you, Sharon. Um, thank you, Becky. I'm happy to be with you, and um, happy holidays. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you so you. much. Yeah, well, let me just have uh, you kind of tell a little bit of your story for our audience so they can kind of catch up on, on who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. Yes, uh, well, you know, I had no symptoms of my my impending diagnosis when it happened, and um, it was quite a fluke that got me to the doctor. Um, if I have a minute just to tell you, it's, it's a cute, cute little story. It's Absolutely. Really the dog, the yeah, dog that saved my life. Sharon's got the hat <laughs> that saved her life. I've got the dog. I, I, used, to, I used to groom my little guy um, on the stairs going up to my second floor. He was only 11 pounds, but every morning. So he would walk up to the second or third step, and I would sit on the first, and I would brush him, and that was it. But one day, one day he decided he wanted to go up to the sixth or seventh step. So I thought, okay, Charlie, fine. You want it that way, I'll go with you. So uh, I went up there, and I groomed him. And then I forgot that I had gone up the stairs, and I stepped back, and I went flying through the air, oh, landed no. very, oh. very hard on my left hip on the wooden hallway oh, my floor. And hit my head against the wall and sat there dazed, you know. But nothing was broken, and I thought, well, that's oh lucky. Goodness. So the next yeah. day, uh, I noticed some spotting. And I thought, well, um, hmm, I must have shaken up something inside quite a bit. And it didn't go away. Uh, so after a week, um, I made an appointment. And, you know, that's one of the first symptoms of endometrial cancer, lining of the uterus. And uh, so that's what I got diagnosed as having. So uh, 
I think the little guy saved my life before it got to a much later stage. Yeah. Oh I my gosh. Early because I had had you know no symptoms at all before that that day had happened. Oh, that's crazy. So, isn't that you know, a it's sweet so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so funny how sometimes you know things that that you just would never have expected turn into something. I mean, what a blessing. Because had you I not know. found it then, it may have been too late, you know? It may have been so, too late, that's right. Yeah. So I'm sure so everybody goodness. out there listening has their own particular story, and they're very, <laughs> very, uh, yeah. they're very compelling. Yeah, Absolutely. No so no before kidding. we get into the specifics of de-stressing for the holidays, let's speak more generally about cancer treatment and what makes everyday activities so difficult for the person going through it. Yeah, did, um, did you want me to start on that? Yeah, yes, why don't you Oh, okay. Well, we know for one thing, if we're going through treatment, how very sick we can feel. Uh, the fatigue and exhaustion that we have is a very unique kind of fatigue. Uh, as a matter of fact, I refer to it as weakness. It's the kind of fatigue that doesn't go away if you lie down and take a rest. You know, when you're normal, you take a little nap in the afternoon and you feel terrific when you get up. But not when you've got cancer. You wake up, you, you get up and you feel the same as you did before you lay down yeah. in the bed. It's uh, true. It, it's, it's an insidious kind of weakness. Uh, it's with you, and I don't think anyone who has not had cancer really can understand what those of us who have had cancer have gone through. And it lasts for not just the time of treatment, but as you know, uh, for many months and even years after treatment is over. Um, in addition to that, I think the worry and fear, the fact that it might come back and if I lose my family or I'm not there for them, what's going to happen is, is yeah. added, added stress. And I think our whole net of safety, we don't feel safe anymore. Mm-hmm. That, that feeling that, That's a good you know, how you I feel like when you feel safe standing on the earth yeah. with a healthy body. It's somehow let you down, and you don't have that safe body anymore. Yeah, so we've definitely. lost our safety. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I hadn't really, I mean, we've all heard the term safety net, but I've never really thought about how your body is that net of safety, and yet, like you're just saying, you know, it's let you down, and you don't have it to rely on anymore. That's really good. Thank you for yeah. sharing yeah. that. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of people actually talk about how their bodies have betrayed them, especially if they've had not, you know, really haven't struggled with any sort of disease or, you know, issue in the in the past. It's like especially this, you know, vibrant um, uh, woman who who really hasn't had anything, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, out of the blue, marathon runner, and exactly, yeah, it's organic. feel betrayed by your body yeah. at that point for sure yeah. well you know the one thing that I talk to a lot of my patients about is like you mentioned um, uh, Dr. Suing about the uh, fatigue and how tough that is to deal with it's also really hard to explain to other people who've never experienced that and um, there's actually um, uh, a spoon theory that that is out there on the internet, you can Google that and get the actual full story. But I'll I'll just kind of give you a, a little synopsis of it that I just quickly tell my patients. When when you're feeling good, when you're healthy, 
let's say you just have a hundred spoons when you wake up in the morning and you get ready for work or you get ready for the day and you know maybe even by by bedtime you still have spoons left over Sharon, Sharon, just to clarify, so spoons are kind of the equivalent of energy. Talking about how much energy you have when you wake up and you equate it to spoons, right? Right, right, right. So so everybody has a certain amount. And so in in a healthy person, for instance, you might have a hundred spoons. And but with a with a person who's going through a cancer treatment or just getting over all of that even, um, sometimes it takes you twenty five spoons just to get out of bed and get dressed. And well, maybe by, <laughs> yeah, maybe by noon or two o'clock in the afternoon, you are out of spoons. And yeah. so sometimes explaining that to, you know, to, to friends and family can kind of at least give them some sort of a, an idea um, of what you're dealing with mm. because it's, it, it's helpful. Um, how do you talk about it, uh, Dr. Suing? Well, no, I was just thinking of your spoon analogy. I think that's great. If, you, if you're if you a cancer patient with small children, uh, that would be a wonderful way to talk to your five-year-old. Yeah, And say, yeah, mommy, mommy doesn't have any more spoons. And they may say to you then, Mommy, how many spoons do you have left? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's you know, funny. So we it's actually do way, that. It's really, it's a wonderful <laughs> way to talk about it with your children. Yeah. yeah, we use that yeah. in the office sometimes. I'll say, Sharon, I am I'm out of spoons. I got to go home, and she go, okay, see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, there are just times that it really it's so easy to communicate that once you learn that. I like it. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's great. So okay. you know, we talked about too, Sharon. You or I'm not sure which one of you brought it up, but you talked about the just the sick the sick feeling, you know, and you're just feeling kind of crummy about it. Your whole you, know, you just feel bad. You feel like you're gonna vomit. You feel like you're just there's nothing there, blah. you know. <laughs> you're just feeling blah. <laughs> and then you're sitting here thinking about the holidays, and and mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, my tree's not up. I don't have my decorations down from the attic. I don't have the. I don't even have a Christmas gift list made. You know, there's so many things that we then compile onto the top of all this with the holidays, and and really it kind of starts before Thanksgiving. I haven't even bought the turkey yet. So there's mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff that, you know, you've done so, to perfection for the years, you know, over the years, and, and all of a sudden you've got that that's adding to the stress that you're feeling, and it just, you know, at some point becomes really, really overwhelming, you know. So yeah. can we t- switch gears here just a little bit and start to talk a little bit about some of what those holiday stressors are and and um, how we can maybe overcome a few of those. And if it's okay with you, I kind of want to start by telling you a little bit about my story from back. When I was first diagnosed in 96, I had just finished my last chemo treatment. Um, well, not the hard ones. I finished the hard ones. Still had a few to go. But I finished my hard treatments around um, the first week of November. And you know, that's, you'd think, yay, I'm done. I'm going to have all this energy. It's going to come back. But like you said, Dr. Swing, it can take months and even years before you get that energy back. And so it was hitting me right at the holiday season. And, you know, and I'd always been like, you know, I've got five kids. i got to take care of all mm. these things. And, you know, it just became so overwhelming to me. And, you know, that was the year that we really had to sit down and talk about how can we do this differently you know what makes sense to streamline the process a little bit. Have you? Did you experience any of that when you went 
through your cancer journey at all? Or was it timed to the holidays? <laughs> well, for myself, I was older when I was diagnosed, so I didn't mm-hmm. have children living at home. Okay. Um, and my heart goes out to those who do. Uh, yeah. And it's not just, you know, it's not just um, being overwhelmed. It's feeling like a failure. I yeah. think that's oh, where it really so, touches us so the most deeply. Yep. And so we, yep. what we have to avoid is, is that feeling of being a failure, uh, not yep. being able to do our job as we perceive yep. it. Mm-hmm. And so I think yep. that's where self-compassion comes in. It's very important mm-hmm. to develop yeah, and that. I, and I, I think, you know, so many of us put so much into, you know, the holiday thing with all the all the, you know, get everything done so it's perfect and the kids come home and they're all excited and wowed and, you know, and, and besides just the physical difficulty around doing that, you have other issues like reduced financial resources. You know, I don't know about you guys, but in this day and age of health care and the way it's gone, co-pays have gone way up. And right now, a, a cancer diagnosis and treatment can wipe, wipe out a family savings pretty quickly. And yeah. so where maybe you've been used to being able to spend money on your children and, and yeah. extended family and all your friends, all of a sudden that, that's gone. And so there's some joy in that that goes away. You know, I love, I, I know, and I know Sharon does too. Sharon is a gift giver galore. She's awesome at gift giving. I used to be. <laughs> I used to be way better at it. <laughs> But, you know, I loved giving gifts to my children. It was the one time a year I wanted to spoil them. But financially, it became, you know, a lot more difficult. People take time off from work and all these things add together. And so then you have these feelings of guilt because you can't do it mm-hmm. the way you used to do it. And people have expectations that it's always going to be the same. Right. And, you know, and if you can't do it the same, then there's, it's like, well, what's going on? You know, are we are we broke? You know, mm-hmm. and so there's just... All these added pressures that that happen right about now, and then of course, then you have family drama that that happens mm-hmm. because of all that. <laughs> it's just it's mm-hmm. just kind of an ongoing thing. Sharon, your children were small when you went through this. What was your experience through through the holidays? You know, it's so interesting that you'd ask that because I don't really remember a whole lot about that. I'm 23 years out, and, uh, you know, I was fortunate that I was able to take um, take off, uh, and the financial burden wasn't nearly as bad because I was actually, I'd been with one company forever, <laughs> so I had a lot of short-term disability that I could tap into, and so financially, luckily, it wasn't um, quite as bad, but the the time factor, I think as working moms, I know we all, uh, not we all, but I tended to to want to do it all, right? And you want to do it all well, right? And so you're juggling all these different balls. And so that particular ball of working was off my plate. So in that particular situation, I I could actually focus on the stuff at home more so than I could probably in other years. So in that respect, it wasn't nearly as difficult. You weren't, you know, you certainly didn't go to parties and you have to limit your, your, the, the things you did. But I think being a working mom and trying to do it all yourself is a no-win situation anyway mm-hmm. and then yeah. you throw a, a diagnosis you know on top of it then you you just kind of go uncle I can't do yeah. this <laughs> and, and Sharon, I, you, you took a whole year off so your first year 
with this treatment? I mean, you were off during the holidays, right? Yes, I was. Yeah. I was off 11 months. And, okay. you know, in, in some ways, it was such a blessing. And in other mm-hmm. ways, it was a curse. Because, yeah. again, my social uh, outlet <clears throat> was yeah. mostly at work. And so... Yeah. In that situation, it was harder because I didn't have the social piece, but I did have time and energy enough to to spend with my kids and do a few extra things with them. So, and I had just gone back to work in November when that that first part of my treatment ended, and so I was still trying to work my job, you know, half time, right, and receiving reduced pay because of that, and but it was wiping me out way more than I knew, and so when I got home. Yeah, I'd always thought, well, I'll go shopping tonight. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was out no. of spoons by then, you know. So yeah, for listen, sure, we're, sure. we're going to take a short break um, because we've just used up this whole first segment. So we're going to come back and pick this up on the other side. But before we go, if you have an idea or need an idea to get through this holiday season or something that you've maybe done to help someone else get through, please give us a call after the break at 866-472-5792. And so stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states, giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about de-stressing the holidays in the midst of a cancer treatment with Dr. Connie Suing. Um, you know, it's so fascinating when we when we talk about this because doing the right thing or the traditional thing um, we get so tied up into our identity sometimes and so when we start talking about actually letting things go it it's hard to do that isn't it Becky boy no kidding you know you built all these traditions and you know and and you've got holiday parties and things to to deal with and it's just 
Oh, you it's know? hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. Especially like I, I know for um, some, you know, maybe they're the, the normal host of the holiday party. So everybody's looking at them going, okay, when's the party? Because they, you know, have always had one. Well, guess what? Maybe it might be somebody else's turn this year, right? Yeah. And I know you <laughs> like to throw your holiday party every year. So I'm sure that that didn't happen during those days. So No, no, not at all. Listen, yeah. before we before we go on, we have a caller on the line. We have oh, Matthew. Good. So, Matthew, are you on the line with us? Hello. How are you? Hi. We're good. How are you? Good. Great. Good. So, how can we help you today? Um, I am interested in speaking with you about Stupid Cancer and the organization that I started 10 years ago. Oh, great. Great. Good. So, so Matthew, um, this particular show is on de-stressing the holidays and myths of a cancer treatment. And so um, do you have some, some things you can talk about on that particular topic? And then we'll chat offline about getting you on the air for your own show. Sure, absolutely. I mean, the holidays are, of course, a time that can be interpreted as positive or negative, depending on where you are in your journey. Sure. And it's a time for reflection and a time for appreciation and gratitude. But everyone comes at it from different perspectives. And I always like to say that realizing that you have no control over certain things puts you in control of those specific things. And in that sense, you could possibly have uh, an impression of ownership over things that you wish were better. And Wait, say that, say that again. I, I liked what you just said, but I, I need to hear it again. The things you have no control over. Say no, it again. Yeah, realizing that you have no control over certain things puts you in control of those things. Oh, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Because when you try to take control of something you have no control over, that's beating your head against the wall. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's really That's good logic there. I like that. I like that. So are you a cancer survivor? Yes, I'm celebrating 21 years next week. Yay, awesome. And so I'm I'm going to guess you probably went through the holidays, the holiday season and all the stuff whether whatever holidays you celebrate whether it's Christmas or, you know, Hanukkah or, you know, or Easter down the road or whatever the holiday is at that time. Did you find any tips and tricks that kind of helped you kind of get through all that? That we'd love to hear from you on that, especially the male perspective. That's pretty awesome. Right. Well, I'm happy to be male at this point in time. Yeah, thank you very much. You know, it it comes down to you wind up knowing who your friends really are at the end of the day and sticking with the people that stuck with you and that that sort of sifting the flower. When you go through a cancer diagnosis, you really know who you can count on and who will be empathetic to appreciate that. And, And, you know, we talk about the caregivers a lot that don't get a lot of attention. But yeah. they matter just as much for the holiday seasons as they watch their oh, friends and family go through this. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, like I said, when I, 21 years ago, I was diagnosed actually right after the new year. So January 96, I was diagnosed. So, um, you know, the holidays had just ended, but I had my first, you know, holiday season not even a year out of treatment and still freaking out about what was going to happen next and who, who am I going to be when I grow up and how did my life change? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, for those of us that have family or have communities to support them, that is the strongest asset you could hope for. And I, I was very lucky to have that. 
That's well, wonderful. That's great, right? That's and wonderful. getting getting other people involved in your plans, you know. Uh, I think for women, and maybe it's the same way for guys, but but for women, it's so hard for us to ask for help. And so mm-hmm. I think it's really important, no matter what your circumstance is, um, kind of communicating what you need because people aren't mind readers, right? right. <laughs> we expect and them to be, though. <laughs> we sure do, don't we? Oh, my gosh. Yes, we do. <laughs> and being able to, you know, tell them really what we what we need for them and your comment earlier about control. You know, sometimes just saying no, just being able to say, you know what, I just can't do that this year, you know. Um, if you would like to pick that particular responsibility up, fabulous, but I just can't do it this year. And be okay with the fact that you've said no and it's all right. Well, I mean, as someone who never asks for directions, I completely am on the same <laughs> side of the, of the conversation with you two around not wanting to ask for help. I mean, there are wonderful services out there if we can share with your, with your listenership, like Lots of Helping Hands is a wonderful charity that lets you put out to the world what you need to get done, and it kind of takes the edge off having to ask specific people for specific things. And if you need to go grocery shopping, someone to do that for you. You need someone to pick up your kid. You need someone to get get your medicine for you, drive you to care. You know, those are the things that can also be, you know, sometimes humiliating or too, hum- you know, yeah. you're too humble to want to ask for help. So as a, as a way to mitigate that, and, and my, I have friends that use that service, because, you know, they are of what we're talking about, the stock of I can do it myself and I'm strong and I don't want anyone to see me vulnerable because I, 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 I want to be me. And right. Heaven forbid, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, exactly. Matthew, I'm really excited about having a show with you on it where we can talk about your organization. But I do want to I, I want to say one thing about a comment that you made, you know, and it's it's true. You do find out who your friends are. But I want to I want to share. Sometimes, and I know you I know you've probably experienced this as well. Sometimes, if your friends are someone who they may love you dearly, feel totally, you know, compassionate toward what you're going through, but because they have never experienced this, they don't know what to do. They don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. So sometimes, because of that lack of education, they can back away, and it can feel very much like they have deserted you, and. But what we've found in talking with enough women, we you know, Breast Friends has been around for 16 years, and we've talked to thousands of women, and we've had our own personal experiences that all they need is proper education. I mean, some of them will just, they just can't deal with the pain and the fear of losing you, and there's a lot of different reasons. And Dr. Suing, you're on the line with us still. Mm-hmm. I know you probably can speak to that fear and what happens, but but there is something very much about that, that people will back away because they don't know what else to do. And it's not that they're terrible people. They just don't understand what what their role is. And so, Dr. Suing, do you have any advice that you might be able to give to our listeners who might themselves be feeling in that place right now that either their friends have ditched them or they've ditched their friend who's going through this? Can you give any yeah. any insight on that? Well, I think, I think the point that Matthew made about Realizing you don't have control is is that's a, it's all about awareness, you know. It's a, becoming aware of how we feel and um, physically and mentally. Sometimes it just we need to have a quiet space where we can go and close our eyes and just feel our bodies and 
dip into what's going on, and it might be very tumultuous inside. Yeah. Yet, when we're running around doing what we need to do, we don't we don't acknowledge or even know that that's happening. Right. So right. that's right. I mean, and our friends are busy too. And you know, yeah. you're right. It's a, it's a mysterious land. Uh, cancer. If you don't have it, you don't understand what people are going through. But uh, yep. and you and I can speak to that firsthand. Vaccine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can speak to that firsthand. When Sharon Sharon was, you know, I've been through cancer three times. She's only been through it once, but she had to go through it first. And I think going mm-hmm. through it first was harder because, you know, she was the first in our circle at work. She was forty years old. We were all forty. None of us had a clue. This isn't supposed to happen to you when you're that young. We didn't know. And I said to Sharon, and I meant it, I sent, I said it with full compassion and heart. I said, Sharon, if there is anything I can do, please let me know. And Sharon, what did you say? I said, okay, I will. And of course, and, I did, and did not. You? No, <laughs> of course not. No. And, and that's that's really the, the reason Breast Friends got started, honestly, yeah. was because we realized that there were so many friends who really didn't understand yeah. um, that that the patient wasn't going to call and say, hey, come clean up my kitchen or, <laughs> you know, yeah. back in my floors. It's not going to happen. And it's um, not that those words are wrong. The words are okay. You know, let me know if there's anything I can do because that rolls off the tongue. It's natural. It's easy to say. But the advice that we give to those to the caregivers is don't let it stop there. You know, and Matthew, I'm sure you can relate to that. Don't don't leave it there and wait for them to call you because they won't. So check back in a week and say, hey, I'm running to the grocery store. What's on your list today so I can go pick it up for you? And you can either write me a check when I get there or it's a gift, whatever your financial means are. Um, but, you know, I know when I said it to Sharon, I meant it. I really wanted to help her, but I didn't have a clue. And, you know, and then three years later when I was diagnosed, she knew exactly what to do to help me. And it made all the difference in the world. And that, like she said, that's why we started Breast Friends. I didn't want people to go through what I went through as the lousy friend. And she didn't want women to go through it alone like she did. So it made a perfect match. And our organization now covers, you know, kind of both of that, you know, both angles. And, um, you know, it's really been a blessing. So, so Matthew, we're going we're gonna to actually cut you loose right now, but we would love you. Would you please send me an email at Becky at Breast Friends, and we'll get you on our calendar as soon as possible, okay? Because I think you're, Thank you. it would be a great conversation. We'll dedicate a whole hour, okay? Happy holidays. sound all right? All right. Happy thank you. Happy holidays to Same you, to you. All right. So- we want to pick up then about dealing with some of the stresses of those holidays, those traditions, right? Those things like Christmas cards. Oh, my gosh. I actually let go of Christmas cards a long time ago. <laughs> and I don't know if it was around my cancer diet. It might have been, actually, now that I think about it, because it's been a long time that I, like, said, Uncle, I, I can't yeah. do it. I would get to the – there was about three years in a row – that I got to about the C's. <laughs> yeah. Well, you I know, know I, hundreds, I, you know. I wrote, but- yeah, I wrote, I wrote cards and got, you know, up to the C's. And then, you know, life would get in the way and I just never got them done. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of gave up on them. So I do actually have a really great idea for Christmas cards. And you can actually get somebody to help you with this. Um, send Out Cards is a great uh, organization. And... They actually have the old-fashioned kind of cards that you can actually have sent out, but it's all electronic. It's amazing. I know, and they're customized to 
the person are. receiving it, which because yes. I've got some in the mail, and there's like, wow, how did they know? <laughs> I know. Well, in fact, my gal, she saw that I lost my cat um, just a few weeks ago, and sure enough, I get this wonderful card in the mail. Who sends cards anymore, right? I know. <laughs> and it was just the sweetest thing ever. So, so I want to just do a shout out for Marsha because that was such a, a lovely thing to do. And so, you know, there are ways, and some are streamlined on applications like send out cards. There's there's all sorts of ways that we can streamline our life. Um, and the bad part about the send out cards that I was thinking, oh, to myself, right, was was trying to figure out how to get all those addresses in there. Well, you can send them a, um, a, a worksheet, like a Excel worksheet with all your information, and they'll download them. I was like, woohoo! What if it's a- all in an old-fashioned address book? <laughs> well, then then you might be stuck doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, that time. would still be a roadblock for me for that, but because I be remember, fun. yeah, I remember sending out three hundred cards at you know every Christmas. Oh. My husband, my husband, and I. He's really good about sending out cards, but we don't send three hundred anymore because that that first year of my cancer diagnosis that weighed on me. It's like, oh my gosh, we've got to get the cards done. It weighed on me and my stress was going up and I don't need my stress to go up when I'm in the middle of treatment. And so we just flat out made a decision that he, he actually, I think that would, may have been the first year he did a newsletter because we always hand wrote stuff on the cards. It's like, ugh. So he did a newsletter and he took some photos and he did a great job of doing that. And then he did put them together and he sent them out to people that we didn't have any other way to communicate with. Yeah, but which that's really nice. Yeah, and so and now with you know people are far more accepting of social media. So I know a lot of I get I get a lot of, of little notes through Facebook and stuff. You know, my birthday. I don't know how many well wishes I had on my birthday. I did I know, get a stack of nice. cards though. It was kind of cool. <laughs> They're on top Good. of my 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 uh, entertainment center right now. But that's a stressor that when you're going through chemo is probably not at the top of a list to to go through. I, I just it would be one that's okay to, to, and I think everybody in your network will understand why you don't. Absolutely. So, so Connie, how about um, like dealing with parties, events, dinners, I don't know, even shopping, you know, and wrapping presents and that kind of stuff. Do you have some some things you'd like to suggest? Well, like, yeah, I think it's important to learn to say no. And, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> to acknowledge that you're the, you're the most important person there is. And to take care of yourself. Uh, so for people in your family who can wrap presents for others, it just have family members do it for you if you, if you still want to do, do presents. Um, you know, one I of the see. things that, that... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, and one, I, of, the, one I, of the things... We used to give out presents to all of the cousins, the sisters, the brothers. The yeah. I mean, it was we'd have like a big family thing, and everybody would bring presents for everybody, and it got so expensive. And that mm-hmm. was the year that we downsized a bit on their gift giving and decided that we would give gifts to the little kids, you know, that were like mm-hmm. the little tiny ones that kind of expect that. And then we drew names to give to all, this is the extended family, you know, all the cousins and whatnot. We would draw a name and so we would give one gift to, you know, one person and and each family was really responsible for one gift to one person. So it was kind of, it just made things a, a lot easier and a lot less financially difficult. And then the other thing we did is 
I remember, Sharon, and I don't know how you felt about this through your journey, but gift giving, like I said earlier, it was a huge part to me. It was really, I love giving gifts at Christmas time to my kids, but I found it really difficult to go out and do the shopping. So Bill and I sat down with, with all the papers, you know, newspapers that came out with all the ads, and we would go through and pick out what we wanted to get the kids together, and then it was his job to go get them. Oh, I and like that. Yeah. I did too because he knew exactly where to go and he knew what to get. Now, we never shopped on Black Friday because they have like two of everything, but it's crazy. Mm. But, you know, getting the kids something that we knew that they wanted, but let him go do it because for me to be out there with my immune system being as it is um, was really tough. So he did that and then we would wrap them together and, and that was really helpful. So, Taking some of that pressure off, um, the gift giving part of it was was helpful in so many ways. Yeah, and you know the the internet's a very good uh, instrument today. My you know my cancer's more recent than yours, and I've been able to use the internet for buying gifts uh, that get delivered to my house. Yeah, uh, and, it, yeah. and I never go shopping. I still don't. Five years out. Um, yeah, that's good. I don't do it. I because yep. what I would prefer to do that day instead of getting you know uh, tired is to go do my workout at the gym uh, to keep my health habits during the the, the season of um, you know being. Oh, that's a good others. idea. It's really important to be with our loved ones, and I want to be there for them physically uh, and not be depleted. That's really good advice to, you know, use, like you said, use that time to take care of yourself, go to the gym, you know, or go for a walk mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, Whatever's that's really great. Is, yeah. reju- you know, refreshes and rejuvenates mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Also, I, you know, and the, I think the importance of support groups, I, I can't underscore how important that is for, for those of us going through this experience um, of just being, having a safe place to talk about what's going on with you, with others who care about you and are experiencing the same thing. Yep. Listen, we need to go back out on another break. So we're going to pick this up on the other side. So okay. do listen in. If you have, if anybody has any ideas, comments, whatever, give us a call, 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a minute. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regents Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. 
Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. We've been talking about de stressing the holidays during the uh, cancer treatment or even post treatment. Um, and again, I think um, talking about just reevaluating your traditions, um, we, we do several events every year at Breast Friends, and we talk about all the moving parts, right? <laughs> all, too <laughs> many moving parts, right? And, and so sometimes our holidays can just have too many moving parts. And I think, you know, just thinking about what you can do a little bit different that's not really going to take the joy out of the holiday, but maybe that will take some of the work out of it, right? Absolutely. And one of the things that, another one of our things that we changed is, you know, people used to come over to my house every year for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. Um, Occasionally we'd go someplace else, but usually always Thanksgiving was at my house and I cooked everything. And my husband peeled the potatoes and that was our tradition. I'd get up super early in the morning, get the turkey in the oven, and then spend the entire day cooking, baking, et cetera, doing everything. And then after my cancer diagnosis, I found I still wanted to do that because I love Thanksgiving. I loved it. But I didn't have the spoons. <laughs> you know, I didn't have any spoons left. Right. And right. so right. I just didn't have it in me. And so that was the year that we changed it to a potluck. And Perfect. we still had the people come. And everybody still showed up, but somebody else brought the pies and someone else brought the bread and someone else brought the salad. And and I still did the turkey and the stuffing because that's hard to do somewhere else. But but it was lovely and we got to experience new foods and new tastes and everybody got to bring their favorite thing to the table. And it was awesome. And it still built community and family, but it took some of that stress off of me. And then we continued, actually, even after my treatment was over, people enjoyed that. And so... We continued that tradition for quite a long time, and um, now that my mom is gone, she passed away earlier this year, that, you know, having, and all the kids are grown and moved on their own, so the last two years we've been out of town, but but it's, um, you know, some of these traditions that you think are so stayed and, you know, you're, you're stuck on them, you find that maybe by force you move to a different one, and then maybe you actually like it. You right, know? right. And so again, you know. coming coming right down to what is the holiday about, right? Yeah. Being thankful, yep. um, you know, appreciating family and community, um, celebrating our life, those kinds of things um, is really what the what the holiday is all about. And of course, if you're a Christian, it's all about um, the birth of Christ. But you know, the thing is that's interesting too is is also. Um, 
uh, looking at our expectations because again, mm-hmm. if if you're like this person who you know decorates like over the top every single year, that's a lot of work. And and it, I'm not saying it doesn't bring you joy because if you are that type of a person, I th- I'm thinking of Yvonne for instance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we we have this amazing woman in our office who. Um, she's just like this professional fluffer. <laughs> she literally <laughs> just for her. I like that. I know. She she literally just makes something that looks ordinary look amazing. And but again, when you're in the middle of these kinds of stressful situations, uh, even if it does bring you joy, maybe still tone it down a bit. It doesn't have to be maybe you only decorate one room in your house instead of five rooms in your house, right? That kind of thing. Exactly. Because what comes down must go back up. Yes, exactly. Or the other way around. Yeah, when I think about all the stuff in my storage room, which is upstairs, I got to bring it down, do all that, and then put it all back up. Oh, (laughs) And then I I got to do it again to put it all away. So, so yeah, it's it's true. It's true. So, you know, let's talk for just a minute about um, if you have a friend or a neighbor or somebody in your life in your circle that is going through a tough time right now, whether it's cancer or the loss of a loved one, heaven forbid. There are so many people that are hurting so badly right now. They're in pain, they're in agony, and they still want to get through this holiday too. So what, you know, I mean, I was kind of sitting there picking my brain a little bit about some of the things that um, would have really been helpful to me had somebody offered to do this. And so I just want to throw a couple ideas out and then maybe we can explore some more but um you know i love putting up a tree i mean i no, i don't let me rephrase that i hate putting up a tree i love decorating the tree <laughs> so right. if you want to help somebody and you know that they're um celebrate with a tree every year offer to go either with them to get the tree or bring it home for them and actually put it up for them go to their storage room and bring down their decorations and get the tree up And then so they can have the joy of decorating the tree as a family. Now, in some cases, that's going to be the spouse or the partner that does that. But in the case of someone who doesn't have that person in their life who can do that, then having a neighbor or a good friend who would come over and and lift that weight off your shoulder, that would be pretty awesome, I think. I don't know. Call me selfish. That's a great idea, Sharon. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can remember being alone and uh, being very depressed and not feeling well. And yeah. someone in my family insisted on bringing over a little tree for me and decorating yeah. it, and it felt wonderful. Yeah. Well, Doctor yeah. Singh, just to let you know, I'm the I'm the <laughs> one. This is Becky, and I'm the one with the horse voice. So <laughs> I can't blame that horse voice on Sharon. But <laughs> so, but, but but also like if you like love baking, maybe you like baking, but just going to the grocery store and getting all the things that you need for you know, creating this amazing thing in your kitchen, yeah. uh, maybe you need that assistance. Somebody can yeah. go to the grocery store for you and and uh, make that a lot easier for you. Yeah, or do it as a teamwork. You know, I'd like to come over and, and bake my cookies while you bake yours. Would that be okay? And then bring all the stuff, you know. So there's, you know, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to the gift shopping idea, you know, if, if and we did already talk about that, but just making that a simple chore or maybe if there's kids in the family and they like to go Christmas shopping too, take them Christmas shopping with your kids so they can kind of do all their thing and leave mom and dad home alone so they can have some alone time 
or maybe go to a movie while everybody else is out hustling and bustling, you know, for Christmas. There are so many other, you know, other ways to be supportive, you know, or, or take their, their pet dog walking or keep it overnight or something so they can just have a little break, you know, um, you know, and I, you know, I have a friend, Patty, I love Patty. When I was going through my journey, she called me one day and she says, she could tell I was really frustrated and kind of stressed and it wasn't the holidays. It was, well, kind of was, it was 4th of July and we were getting ready to go on a camping trip and I was right in the midst of all this. And she said, she could tell by my voice something was up. And I said, well, we're trying to get ready to go camping. I haven't done my shopping. I can't just throw a bunch of random stuff in a cooler. I got to have a plan and I don't have it in me. And I started whining and she goes, Becky, stop. She goes, what's on your list? I said, nothing. <laughs> well, clearly that was a lie. And she says, no, tell me what's on your list. Give me every item. So I read her my list and she said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run to the store. I'm going to buy all the stuff on your list. You can pay me when you get when I get there. I'll take a check, and I will help you get your cooler packed. Because we were trying to get ready to leave first thing in the morning, and I hadn't done anything except make the list. And God bless her. She went to the store. She bought all the stuff. She came to my house. She even went down to my garage and brought my cooler up, and she helped me pack it. And by the time she was done, all I had to do was get in the car the next morning. Everything else was ready to go. That's amazing. Wasn't that incredible? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the same kind of thing, you know, if you know that you've got to, you're responsible for something that, you know, is not on your list today because you just don't have it in you, let people help you. And if you're that neighbor, find out what those things are and, and help because it's, you know, she might fight you. So you don't ask if you can help. You just say, okay, here's what I want to do. (laughs) And just, you know, make it happen. And Another thing is to help clean the house. You know, having a clean house for the holidays is very cool. And mm-hmm. I, another little fun story, my cousin Candace, she's actually my husband's co- um, cousin, she called me one day and when I was going through treatment. She said, how are you doing? I said, oh, I, I'm all right. She goes, can I come by? And I said, well, you can, but my house is a mess and I'm embarrassed. She goes, I'm not coming to see your house. I'm coming to see you. And I said, okay, fine. And so she showed up at my house about an hour later, but she now knew that my house was messy and it was stressing me. So she brought a bucket full of cleaning supplies Mm. and some rubber gloves. And she said, okay, so I'm here. I'm going to clean your house. You can either take a nap or you can um, sit and visit. And I remember saying to her, well, I guess I can sleep when I'm dead. So I'll sit and visit. And she start, She put on her music and she started cleaning my house, my kitchen. Her energy was so contagious. Just having that around me, suddenly I'm cleaning things that I hadn't gotten off my couch to do because I just didn't have the energy. But it, that's a contagious thing, you know. It's a good thing Absolutely. to catch <laughs> somebody else's, you know, in, enjoyment. So that kind of thing, just knowing that they need to have their house clean, come vacuum, make some beds, do some laundry whatever you know absolutely Um, so before we run out of time completely I just I want to bring up family drama one last time because Uh, I think I think that's one of those energy drainers that we all Mm -hmm. end up dealing with whether we're going through a cancer diagnosis or not sometimes and so Connie I would love to just get a couple last minute suggestions from you as to how we would deal with family drama during the holidays. And and when you say drama, what, what do you refer to? Give me an example. 
<laughs> um, oh, I don't know. No, you know, you have. You can't that, help you, the teenager who's going through crazy stuff, but I mean, other well, than drama. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know, you have the the Aunt Nellie who comes by and she always drinks too much, or you know, that could be a brings, whole show in itself. <laughs> yeah, that probably could be. You're right, and you know, or or Uncle Joe who you know ends up bringing up the past argument that you know happened mm. thirty years ago. You know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds tough to say this, but, you know, you've got to learn to say no. I said that before. I agree. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and if, if someone, you know, if, if someone's presence makes you feel uncomfortable and has, uh, what good is it going to do you and your recovery from cancer? Exactly. True. Exactly. Because yeah. really, stress does not help a cancer diagnosis and treatment and recovery. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I so, definitely you know, agree, give, give and I think person, just not that, not being willing to live in the past, you know, too. Yeah, and yeah, people don't, a lot of times people don't mean anything bad by it, but that's just their nature, and yeah, right. all you can do is give them a hug and say, I'm tired, you know, I yeah. can't do it this can't year. Can't do this today, guys, can we change the channel? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly, yeah. 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 You know what, I we're going to run out of time here, we're down to the last couple minutes of the show. Mm. And so, Connie, just real quick, do you have a way for people to get a hold of you if they'd like to uh, use your services or learn more about what you offer? Is there a Mm -hmm. website or a phone number they can call you at? They can, um, but it's going to have to be after the 19th of December. Okay, that's all right. I'm going to be out of town next week, unfortunately. Um, But they can contact me directly if they wish just to talk uh, at 415-828-828. Two three one two, excellent. And okay. beginning in January, um, I'm going to be coming into the office, and it's free of it's free of charge on my part for anyone who wants to have some uh, time to talk about what's going on in their life. And that's at the Breast Friends 3rd. office, right? Mm-hmm. Right in the office. Yeah, so you'll uh, be you'll be working with us, doing some Tuesday wonderful afternoon. coaching and helping. Mm-hmm. January third, and then uh, Thursday evenings, I'll be okay. available. So if people All want right. to call the office. Well, I hate three. to cut you off, but we are out of time. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we really have to okay. go. So call um, the office, so make just, an appointment. Okay, so we'll we'll post all that information. But just to let you know, if you love this program and you'd like to help support what we do, please go to breastfriends.org, click on the big blue button and make a donation so we can keep this program going. And remember, we will be back next week. But until then, remember, there is always hope. And we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.